Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. And I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor. And you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guest today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Jocelyn Herman Sachio. Jocelyn, how are you doing today? I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Awesome. Awesome. So Jocelyn is a transformative coach and course leader with more than 30 years of experience as an author, CEO, and community activist, founder of a nonprofit and coach. She has worked with all kinds of people to empower them to live the life of their dreams now and ultimately be unmessable with. Jocelyn, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. So one quick question. What decided... What made you go decide to go with, with that name for, for your company? Well, Unmessable With is sort of like my brand. You know, I've been toying with that. I heard that word many years ago, probably 20, more than 20 years ago from a mentor of mine named okay. Richard Condon. He said it in passing and I latched onto it. I loved it. <laughs> Isn't it the greatest word? Yes. You know, <laughs> and it's not like don't mess with me, like being tough. That's not really what it's about. It's about being able to fulfill on your vision, no matter what the circumstances that life throws at you, because mm. life does throw stuff at us, right? Yes. You know, so it's not about having perfect circumstances. It's about who you can be in the face of any circumstance and be able to make a difference with anyone at any time under any circumstance, being someone who is unmessable with. Whew, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. listen, let's dive into your lifestyle, right? So tell us a little bit about who Jocelyn is. The two-minute well, version. Yeah. Oh my God. The two-minute <laughs> version. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm with my husband almost 30 years. We have three kids. So I'm a wife and mother and a daughter to my 91 and 89-year-old parents. Nice. So that's, I think, first and foremost, right? The family. But I've been coaching people in the personal transformation arena for more than 30 years. So most of my life has been spent making a difference with people, which was my dream, you know, since I was young. And, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to do that with hundreds of thousands of people. I'm so fortunate, you know, mm. because of the work that I did both with Landmark and my nonprofit and, you know, as a spokesperson on the news and on shows like yours to be able to reach people and impact them in a way that leaves them in a new world with new opportunities for action and fulfilling the life of their dreams now, not someday. That's awesome right there. So Jocelyn, what I like to do with this podcast is actually peel back the, the layers right. and dive a little deeper. Okay. So let's go back a tad bit further. Okay. Further back. Yeah. Where are you from? And I want you to tell us about your childhood because I sure. believe I would, I would upbringing has a profound influence on us as adults, right? Totally. So, Totally. That. Both good and bad, right? Yes. Um, so I was uh, born in New York City, 
and raised in New York City. And I was adopted when I was two and a half months old. So, you know, my parents had been waiting probably three years for me and then got a phone call. Uh, we've, we've got one for you. Come pick her up on Monday, you know. So uh, I, got, I got really lucky. I got the best parents in the whole world. And, um, you know, when I was probably about nine, my parents got separated. Mm. and they were going to get divorced. And then my mom did a transformative workshop called the EST training back then in the 70s. It was like not in existence anymore. And she came out of that thing like a powerhouse. Like I, I, like she could, she was unstoppable. And a year later, my dad did it and they got back together. Ooh. Uh-huh. And okay. they just celebrated like 65 years together. <sighs> so for me at 11... I was like, what is this transformation stuff that you guys just did? So I did it and I started to develop myself as someone who could fulfill on a mission for myself, for people, to empower people to fulfill on their mission. So my life was really spent inside of that world. Um, I graduated high school a year early and went to college for business. But then during that time, I was like, you know, I really have a dream to be a singer. So I think I'm going to go open a recording studio. So I did that with a boyfriend that didn't okay. turn out so good, but it was okay. You know, it was a lesson <laughs> learned. But when I was little, I wanted to be a singer. That was like my, my dream. When I was four, I would sing to my stuffed animals and all that stuff. Right. And when my dad was a painter, remember you noticed the painting behind yeah, me. Behind you. Yeah. My father used to paint, but he stopped painting when I was like five years old. So I asked him, why'd you stop painting? And he said, you don't do your art as your career. So mm. I, re I recall at five deciding that was the truth. You can't do your art as your career. So even though I loved singing, I never thought I was going to do it as my career because you can't do your art as your career. That's the truth. Doesn't everybody know that? You know, and I had lots of evidence because I had a lot of friends that were artists and they were starving artists and I wasn't really interested in being a starving artist. Mm -hmm. So I went into production and I was running a production company uh, when I was young, like 18, 19 years old. And then I did another transformative program and I saw that that decision had become the truth for me and maybe it wasn't true. Ooh. And in that moment, I mean, I could cry just thinking about it. Like my whole world altered, you know, what was possible or rather what wasn't possible now became possible. And three months later, I got a record deal. Mm, and wow. that record went number one in the country and it was a completely a dream come true. And I decided I was going to have my life be about people fulfilling their dreams because it was like a miracle and it was so magical. And I was like, people deserve this. People deserve to have the life of their dreams, you know, not someday, one day, but like now. So that mm. was when I started my company and it's when I started coaching people. And that's sort of the, the cliff note version. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, 
strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T.com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Wow, Jocelyn, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I just got goosebumps. <laughs> wow, that's amazing right there, you know, and and the fact it's funny because the, the people that love us, right? Um, our parents, our close friends, sometimes those are the ones that tend to put certain limited beliefs in our minds, right? But well, yeah, you, it's it's true because you listen to them. Yeah. But honestly, it isn't what he said. It's what I said about what he said that mm. limited me. Because people say stuff all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just what you say that constrains you. Yes. Yes. You're you right, have all the power. You're right. You're right. We do have all the power right there. And and also just like being being able to have those resources, right? Um, The coaching resource, the, tr- the tr- transformative resource at such an early age. That was, was very crazy, beneficial. Right? Oh, my God. You, you, you know? I mean, it's insane. When I was 10, before I did transformative <laughs> work, I loved tennis. And I was okay. playing tennis at, like, my after-school program or whatever. And this girl from school, I'll never forget it, Hillary Adler, who was, like, a natural athlete. I was not a natural athlete. I just loved tennis. She came and played tennis there. And I looked at her, and I was like, oh, my God, she is so good. I am never going to be as good as Hillary Adler. So I quit tennis. Hmm. But then after I did transformative work, when I was 13, I tried out for the basketball team and I didn't make it on. And I played basketball every day that year. I found a boys team to join. I was mm. like, obs- I just was playing all the time. I didn't stop. I didn't give up. And the next year I got on the basketball team. So that's like one Oof. little tiny example of the yeah. difference between giving up on a dream and mm-hmm. being unmessable with when it comes to fulfilling your dreams. Yes, indeed. And also the fact that you didn't make it the first time pushed you right because i have a similar story because um oh yeah playing football in high school my freshman year we did terrible <laughs> we did <laughs> we were so i mean we were so so like horrible in terms of our performance but i fed off of that the whole mm. summer i trained now i'm from staten island right so we have a whole bunch of hills so i ran hills i ran i lifted i did park workouts it's like the rocky next- you were like the rocky mo- movie Exactly. And the next, the next season, we went undefeated. Uh, those are the sweetest victories, aren't they? <laughs> you know, that's the thing about failure. If you let it stop you and take you out of the game, you never get to rise above and grow. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So let's talk about your transition to coaching, right? I, I know you were influenced at a, at a young age and you, you saw the impact, right? The, um, you know, the benefits and, and the, the impact that it provided you, right? But what made you decide to work with others and not be well, selfish and, and tell yourself, oh, I got this. I'm just going to do this for myself. Yeah, it's interesting. I When I was in this girl group called Boy Crazy, this is the singing group that I ended up being. And I know Boy Crazy with a K. We can <laughs> sing but not spell. Um, you know, we were five girls. And then by the end of the five years that we were together, we, you know, we, we split up when I decided to get married and, you know, people went and did their own things. And um, the youngest girl wanted to have a manager 
Okay. And she asked me to be her manager. And I was like, I don't want to be a manager. Every manager we ever had was kind of horrible. So why would I want to be a manager? And she was like, well, I just don't trust anybody else other than you. So can you do it? I said, I'll tell you what, I'll do it until we find somebody. I'll help you find somebody. Mm -hmm. So we went meeting managers and, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm not trusting her to this person or that person. You know, like she was like my kid's sister, right? Yeah. So I said, all right, I'll do it. And all my friends were artists. So I was like, all right. I would do this for free for people to help them fulfill their dreams. Why don't I make a company out of it? Mm -hmm. And I started to work with mostly actors and singers to have them fulfill their dreams in the entertainment business. Okay. Around the same time, I was like, you know, this doesn't have to be isolated to my, my company that works with actors. I could do this for anybody. I could actually be somebody whose life is about empowering people to fulfill on their dreams. Mm. that's a life worth living. So I started my nonprofit inside of that. I started working with Landmark inside of that vision and, you know, my community work with the different organizations, the high schools and the board of directors with my build. All of it was about empowering people's vision to be real. So I got to spend the last 30 some odd years inside of that game Well, wow. by Oof. design. It wasn't an accident. I designed it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. You are a creator. We are we are, we are creators, but you, you decided to take that step, take that action, you know? So kudos to you for that, you know, definitely. So I know with your your practice and your, your, your coaching practice, you're impacting people, but I want you to paint the picture, right? I'm very visual. How do you go about implementing your coaching practice of empowering others? Well, it's definitely not one size fits all. So when I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, you know, which I do, it's very much I just listen to what people are dealing with. And mostly I listen for what's in the way of what they want to accomplish. And I go after that to dismantle that so that they're freed up to actually fulfill on what they want. When I work with people in groups, it's similar, but there's a group dynamic mm -hmm. that occurs where if I'm working with you, if you and I are interacting together, like what's your vision for this podcast? Like what, what's your vision for what you're up to with what you're doing right now? Like I'm to, actually asking you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, definitely. So uh, it's yeah. basically number one, number one, shine light on your story. Number two, um, provide inspiration to others and um, hopefully impact. You know, those those are things right there. Yeah, totally. And that's what you're in action on, right? So then I mm -hmm. would ask you, okay, so what messes with you when it comes to fulfilling on what you say you want to fulfill on? Mm, I like that. I like that. So, but I'm working with you. And then if there's a hundred <laughs> other people in the zoom room or whatever, they're learning from what you're saying, because people yeah. identify with each other and they True. get coached peripherally mm -hmm. through my coaching of you. So it's, it's very um, organic and it emerges out of the conversation. It's not like this module and that module, you know, it's very much interactive. Interactive. Okay. Is the best way to say it. Oh, that's great right there. Okay. So if someone were looking for a coach, right, what traits would you advise them to look for? Well, I think it's a very personal thing. I think you should definitely interview the coach. You know, I always mm -hmm. do a 15-minute discovery call just to see if we're a good fit because sometimes somebody's not – they could be a great coach, but they're not a good fit for you. True. You know? So <clears> – <throat> you know, it depends on what I'm looking for. Like when I hire coaches and I do, because any good athlete knows that you need a good coach to see things that you can't see. Yes, indeed. So that you can be who you want to be. So I hire coaches and I, I work with coaches all the time. 
Um, I look for somebody who's going to talk straight to me, not dance around stuff, not mm -hmm. like talk to me like I need some sort of coddling. I don't like that. I like straight talk. I like people to speak to who I am so I mm -hmm. can rise to the occasion. I like that. Not speak to like my worries or considerations or fears. So I shrink to the the occasion, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I look for people who are authentic, people who are straight talking. And, and I don't like when, you know, for me, I don't want to get on, on some sort of call and have to wonder, okay, how much is it? How much time is it? I, I don't want to have to wait till after an hour presentation to know what I'm in for. I want to know right away, you know, so that I know if this is something that I'm even going to engage in a conversation about. So that all is what I look for in a coach. But if somebody else were looking for a coach, I would look to see, you know, what is it that you respond well to, or what are you willing to be uncomfortable with and see if that coach is willing to take you there because you're not going to grow if you're not uncomfortable as an athlete. I'm sure you, you can relate to that, you know, in football, you, you, you didn't, it wasn't a comfortable practice. Never, <laughs> you were never. you were doing drills and saying I can't do it, not one more. And the coach said ten more, and you know. And then you were able to expand your ability, and that's what a good coach does. They see what you don't see. They say what you don't want to hear, so that you can be who you want to be. Yes, indeed. You know, and this is why, um, if you look at the successful people out there, uh, for instance, like Tom Brady. Tom Brady has nine coaches. Exactly. Exactly. Smart because he's smart. <laughs> You know, it's it, and you, listen, it's not that the coach is a better football player. No, but they see things that I exactly. can't see. And that's mm -hmm. the beauty of coaching. You know, that's what I love about what I do is I get to see the blind spots and illuminate them for people. Exactly. And this is why I love having conversation with coaches. And this is why this podcast is about, you know, interviewing coaches and executives smart it's you know? great because everybody can get something out of every podcast because every coach has a different take exactly exactly so now i want us to dive into some of your success stories right because i love storytelling i love love storytelling so i want you even though i know you've been in this industry for years you are a veteran but can you please share one or two stories of when you utilize your framework to help one of your your clients to overcome the obstacle and get into a successful place. Wow, there's so many things. I'm just trying to think, you know, just this morning I was working with one of my clients uh, early this morning who just got, I mean, I've been working with him for a few years and now he just got a promotion. He just, you know, had this proposal that he presented at work, get accept, but now he was in overwhelm. Okay. Right. So he's like, oh my God, now there's so much to do. There's so much to do. So I just stopped him right there. I said, first of all, overwhelm is not a real thing. That's not real. So if you look out in the world, like this lipstick is a real thing, right? There's no overwhelm like this lipstick. Overwhelm is a conversation. Mm -hmm. And when you get into a conversation called overwhelm, it becomes like a lens that everything gets seen through. So if I had green glasses or blue glasses on, and you brought in a yellow car, it would look green to me. And I'd be right about that it was green, even though it's not really green, it's yellow. But it doesn't matter what's reality. It's only the lens through which you're seeing that allows Perception. you to see what you're seeing, right? So mm -hmm. if you have overwhelmed glasses on, now everything's going to start showing up as like too much. You know, oh, I, I'm not going to have time to shower. Uh, you know, all this drama, right? So I stopped him right away. And I said, okay, so you could look at it like things are chaotic right now, because that was another word he used. It's, it's chaos right now, okay, another not real thing. 
not tr- there's no such thing as chaos in reality. There's just whatever's happening. I said, so you could look at it as chaos or you could put a new lens on called now you get to move the pieces around. You have a new game to play. So you get to place the pl- pieces where you want. He's like, this is why I called you. This is exactly why I called you. He goes, you know, I'm not, I came on this call so stressed. And now I'm at peace and I can see what there is to do. So we just started making a list of what there was to do. We started scheduling stuff. Overwhelm disappears when you're actually dealing with reality. Mm. So that was just a small little thing that happened this morning. But, you know, I've had people, oh God, this makes me cry. I was working with recently um, a woman who I've known for many years, but she, you know, just started working with me as a coach and she was dealing with this surgery that had gone wrong a couple of years ago. And this surgeon who she had a real issue with. And this guy was taking up a lot of space in her brain. She hadn't seen him in a couple of years, but she was so upset and like the victim of what had happened and, you know, getting ready to do a new surgery, but she was still in this whole negative conversation about what had happened and about this guy. And I worked with her to get complete with the surgeon so that she wasn't resenting him anymore. She wasn't regretting that she had, you know, she was so in the world of regrets and resentments and, and she got that all complete. And now she's like happy about the surgery she's about to do rather than having to do it because this guy messed up and da, 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 you know, this whole like spiteful, angry victim world that she had been in. And it had been affecting her relationship with her kids and her husband and her life was just, you know, dampened with upset. And that all got lifted up out of the work that we did together over about like a three week period. And she's now in a totally different space and and she's able to like be present with her kids and be excited about what she's about to embark on in this new chapter and not be fixing something that got messed up. The power of coaching. Wow. And the power of context. Yes. You know? Yes. That's, That's such a beautiful story right there. So, Jocelyn, I, mean, I, I pretty much know this already, but I'm going to ask you regardless, right? Sure. What drives you? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I would say just my automatic answer would be like people fulfilling their dream, you know, but it really isn't. It is that, but it's it's more the magic that happens when people are free. Mm from any constraint. So they're free to fulfill their dreams. They're free to be present with their family. They're free to get the job done that they just created. You know, be careful what you wish for. It might come true. But now you're like, I think it's really freedom. Mm. Mm. And would you say freedom has different faces? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I worked, uh, this is like, uh, this goes back to your other question. I don't know if you want to hear another story of somebody but talk uh, to me yeah this another one that makes me cry i mean i'm now i'm going to think of a thousand stories but this one woman who i was working with in a course that i was leading and she started talking about how she had been trafficked when she was a young girl at 11 and yeah i know you know not not light stuff right she had been trafficked by her mother her Mm. mother sold her to um royals and the elite in Europe. And she was trafficked all around the world, right? So now she's in her 50s when I was working with her. So this is now 40 years earlier, right? And out of the work that we were doing together, she called her mother on a break of the course 
and forgave her. It's powerful right there. Yeah, well, I mean, that schooled me. It's like, you know, forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. Mm-hmm. Because she had been living with this resentment in her heart, so she was still in prison. So she gave up the resentment. She, it doesn't mean she condoned what she did, obviously. doesn't condone or even understand what her mother did or what the motivations could have been as a parent, right? But she gave up the resentment and called her and she said, I'm forgiving you for me. And her mother said, this is the call I've been waiting for for 40 years. Mm. And they were free. Free to have a relationship, free to not have a relationship, but free. And I, I don't think I'll ever get over those kind of interactions, you know, where people have been constrained for decades and in 20 minutes are able to be free from whatever that constraint is. That's magic. That is, that is magic. That's, that's, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is the privilege that I've had. Yeah. For, wow. You know, and including, you know, the people that I work with in my nonprofit, I work with mostly leaders that have nonprofits or work mm-hmm. with nonprofits and they're out to make a real difference and impact in communities. And I've worked with people who, you know, they they've watched their family be shot in front of them. Yeah. And to see those people find freedom through forgiveness. I, I don't know, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm the kind of person who could forgive that. And maybe I would, but that would be a tough one, right? These are huge people, mm-hmm. huge people that are more committed to being free than being right. Those are powerful words right there. Can you please repeat that? Yeah. People are huge that are more committed to being free than being right. Oof. And you don't have to have watched your family mm. be shot to mm-hmm. listen, look at the war you're in with your mother-in-law or your ex-business partner or whatever. It's so much about being right or, you know, what's more important, being free, being at peace or being right? Yeah, I, th- I think um, lots of people could uh, take a note from that because uh, we tend to put ourselves in our own prisons by our mindset. We, we tend yeah. to hold on to guilt. We tend to hold on to these things. When you're holding on to a chain, right, and somebody's pulling that chain, you're doing yourself more harm than good. When you finally yeah. release that chain, you feel so much better. And people don't realize they're the ones that are having the grip. They think it's somehow outside of them. It's like, no, mm-hmm. it takes one person to end a war. One Ooh. person. Jocelyn, I think you're not going to become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is awesome right here. So um, are you currently working on any new projects that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I actually just launched a free program for people. It's a five-day program that you know comes to you in your inbox, so you can do it at your leisure. But it's called a Dream Source Discovery Process. And I'm really excited about it because so far the feedback has been very excellent in terms of what it's opened up for people, but it begins people on the process of being able to live the life of their dreams now versus someday and develop the muscle of being unmessable with. So it's like a, an entree to the world that I work in. You know, my website is the art of being unmessable with.com, but this is like a, a doorway into that world through your dreams. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, so Jocelyn, where can people go to, to inquire more about 
that specific service and also to learn more about you? Well, the website's theartofbeingunmessablewith.com, so that has all the information. But the gift, you know, my free program, you can just go to giftfromjoss, J-O-S-S, dot com, giftfromjoss.com. Nice and simple. I love yeah. it. I love it. So, Jocelyn, thank you for coming on today's podcast and blessing us with your presence and your amazing stories, right? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Awesome, awesome. I'd also like to thank all of our listeners and viewers for lending us their ears and their eyeballs. And now, last but not least, I have one last question for you. And okay. that is, how may I serve you? Oh, well, you know, this conversation has served me. Being able to share about the opportunities that I've had and the people, what they've created out of working with them, that serves me. It, it fills my heart. So I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. You've already served me today. That's awesome right there. I'm glad I could um, make that happen. Again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone else that would benefit. And make sure to tune in for next week's episode. Take care, be blessed, and cheers. We're out.